Welcome to Bite Size Human Geography, a podcast meant for students, their parents, and anyone who wants a better understanding of the world. We investigate global issues using human geography concepts. It's human geography made simple. If I asked you to think back on the first time you drove a car, I would venture to guess that you could probably have that moment in your life come to your memory pretty quickly. Uh, You probably might even be able to remember what you're wearing, Uh, but you could definitely picture the moment, picture the car, picture who was with you, uh, because that's something that is cemented in your long-term memory. Now, if I asked you to think back on the first time you were ever nervous about a test, I would imagine that's probably a bit more difficult for you to um, visualize. And there are many reasons for that, but the primary one is because you've probably taken a lot of tests in your life and you were probably super nervous throughout many of those tests in your life. And so it's something that you've just begun to associate with test taking. It's not anything unique or special. And so that's why your brain didn't take the, take the time to put it into your long-term memory. I am Kara Smart, and I am so glad that you are here with me today. Today, we're going to be discussing test anxiety, test nervousness, whatever you want to call it, uh, and how to learn to manage it. I don't think that anybody can actually overcome it perfectly and never feel nervous ever again. That's just not realistic. But I'm going to give you some tips today on how to manage it to where it doesn't become a distraction for you as you're testing. And for some people, it can be incredibly distracting. I hear kids all the time say, oh, I'm sick to my stomach. I'm so nervous. Or, you know, I can't see straight. I've got tunnel vision. Or you know, my heart's beating so fast. Or oh, I can't catch my breath. All of those things. Uh, are items that I've seen my students do before. And it's it's not at all uncommon. And for those of you that think that it is uncommon or you're the only one that experiences those things, I'm here to tell you, you're not. It's very common. I see it in my students all the time. But I think what we need to start doing is reframe our thoughts about this as far as it being a, a complete negative for you. Because it really is unrealistic to expect that you're never going to be nervous or are never going to be afraid in taking a test. That's what makes you human, these emotions that you're experiencing. So I wouldn't really discount them quite so much, but we do need to learn how to tamp them back a little bit so that they don't prevent you from showing mastery of whatever material that you're taking that you're being tested on. We don't tend to like discomfort. And that's, I think, part of the problem here. As a species, as a species, uh, we don't tend to like discomfort. And I think uh, if we did do well with discomfort, everybody would be super fit and they'd be super educated. Uh, but we know that humans tend to be a bit lazy. Um, and we don't like to stretch ourselves very much. And so oftentimes when we're experiencing these this nervous behavior before a test, and we're resisting those, those negative emotions, that is part of who we are as a species, I think. And so what we have to learn how to do is accept the fact that, hey, this is a test and I've prepared myself the best I know how uh, for this test, but it's one test on one day. And if I'm prepared, I'm going to do, I'm going to do fine. And if I don't, then that'll be okay too. (laughs) And of course, when I tell my students this, and I tell them this all the time, it's one test on one day. Uh, And I get this exasperated look from them like, Mrs. Smart, this test is everything. It's the most important thing right now going on in my life. Uh, But you know what, perhaps it's just a little bit of age and, and some of that wisdom that comes with age when you realize that no, this too shall pass. 
So I'm not a psychologist, nor a psychiatrist, nor a therapist, but I have been teaching for a long time. And there are certain patterns that I see with my students with regards to testing stress and uh, testing anxiety. And I, I, I do think that the, the term test anxiety is overused. I, I think most students have testing stress, okay? And, and I, I don't even like to use the word anxiety because I think anxiety brings up a whole other set of issues that aren't really at the heart of uh, what I want to discuss today. What I want to discuss today is just th- those normal feelings that people have as they're stepping into a testing environment. Because honestly, students do get nervous and that's really normal. Uh, and I think it's because uh, we tend to think of our performance on a test as a reflection of who we are. And that that score, whatever that number is, is a reflection of our, self, of our self-worth. And of course, that's fundamentally wrong. Uh, we do it anyway, uh, but it's really, it, it's, it's, it's a wrong way of thinking. And it's it just kind of the same as when you see adults and they tie their sense of self-worth to the size of their bank account or the you know, body image or their relationship status. It, when you think about it, it is really dumb because we are so much more um, as a human, more than those small little items. We are all the little big and large experiences make us who we are. And it just doesn't make sense for us to judge ourselves so harshly on this one event, on this one test, or this one person who said something mean about me on social media, or the fact that I can't wear this particular item of clothing that I want to wear. It doesn't make sense for us to judge ourselves that way, but we we tend to do that. And then when you bring that, that stress element in, that makes everything a thousand times worse. Because then, not only are you dealing with the fact that you've got this test, but then you have the stress on top of it. And the, the worst part about this is, is when you're under this stress, in the actual testing moment, your brain does begin to shut down. And it prevents you from getting that very information that you feel like you need to prove your self, self-worth. And it's just this terrible feedback loop, this negative feedback loop. There's a little part of your brain called the amygdala. And uh, some people call it like the lizard part of your brain. It's the very, very old part of your brain. And it's responsible, and among some other items, for that whole fight or flight response that you guys all know of so well. But it's designed to get you moving in times of danger. And it basically shuts down all that cri- those critical thinking parts of your brain uh, and allows all that energy to be redirected instead of to thinking to your big muscle groups, to your heart and lungs, um, which is why, of course, you st- your heart starts pounding and, you know, you tend to feel out of breath. It's all connected. And so the problem is, is when you're testing, you don't really need those big muscle groups. You need your brain. And so how do we normally respond? We panic. And then, of course, that causes even more stress hormones to be released, which is causing more firing of the amygdala. And so it's just, there's no way out of this loop is what it seems like. But I'm going to give you a technique in just a second to help you break that negative feedback loop and get your brain back on track and where it needs to be in your testing environment. Because your brain can't work for you if it's on fire. You have to calm it down first. So how do we calm down? Well, the very first thing I'm going to tell you to do is to breathe deeply. My students know I am a big believer in learning how to use your breath 
to calm you down. And I promise you, I am the least hippy-dippy person out there, but there is so much great research about the power of your breath. And think about it, when you're breathing deeply, you're getting oxygen to your brain, it clears your head, it calms you down enough to where you can get your groove back and get to work. So the technique that I want you guys to learn today is called box breathing. And if it's good enough for the Navy SEALs, uh, which is where I learned this technique and no, I wasn't a Navy SEAL, uh, but I've did some research on deep breathing exercises and um, the Navy SEALs employ this technique uh, to learn how to uh, keep their calm under tremendously difficult, uh, life-threatening circumstances. And so at the bottom of this podcast, I put a link to some videos about box breathing and breathing techniques. So how box breathing works is, is you breathe in for four seconds, okay, a deep, deep breath. You hold for four seconds, and then you exhale for four seconds, okay? So you breathe in, and then you hold, and then you exhale, okay, a nice, a nice strong exhale. And you do this for several, uh, you could do it for a minute, you can do it for two or three minutes. Uh, but I always encourage my students to start this before the test actually begins. Um, and there's a great breathing bubble, uh, a great breathing illustrations out there as well. And I went ahead and linked, I would link those at the bottom of this podcast as well. Uh, to, to get you to, to time it right. Okay, so you don't even have to think about the counting aspect of it. You just have to watch the bubble increase and decrease, uh, and that will help you get your timing right. This alone, and it's kind of amazing to see this practice in, in the classroom within just, a, I'd say within a minute of time, the, the, the level of stress, because if you've ever been in a classroom full of kids that are really stressed, you can actually f- just feel the energy in the classroom, the stress energy. And so what this tends to do is it just relaxes students enough to be able to focus and to focus on, you know, what they need to take care of, you know, but before you even enter whatever testing environment you're entering into, I think it's really important for you to realize and kind of accept that, okay, I'm going to be stressed. This is, this is a test. I'm going to be stressed about this. But also realize that you're not the only one. Kids are always so concerned, and actually just not even kids. Everyone's always so concerned about being the odd one out, by, about being the odd duck. And I just have to tell you, as a teacher and, and just seeing how this works in my classroom, you are no different than any other person when it comes to testing stress. It really is normal. And some people are just better at hiding it than others. But I promise you, everyone around you is just as stressed. Even if they're saying, oh, I'm not stressed at all, they're stressed. But some of us are just, not us, but some people are just better than hiding it than others. But the hard part, I think, in all this is just accepting that no matter what you make on the test, you're still you. And the test does not define you. Um, And this tends to come with age, I think. Uh, But even as we get older, we do tend to let other people and other events shape us. But let me tell you this and make sure you're listening loud and clear. You are more than just one event, okay? There is really very little that you can do that is unrecoverable. Uh, And once again, this is something I think that just comes with age. You begin to realize the stuff that you used to get so stressed out about when you were younger. You're like, why was I so stressed out about that? Uh, Now, I will tell you, sometimes the hole that you have to dig yourself out of, it's going to be a little bit deeper, but you will get out just the same. There's an old expression that says an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. 
And I think that really is the case when we're looking at uh, preparing for tests and anticipating the stress that comes with testing. I think there's a lot of things that you can do um, before the test to help get you in the right frame of mind. The very first thing that I'm going to tell you to do, and and I feel so strongly about this, is this thought of uh, positive talk or positive visualization. You see this with athletes all the time. And there are sports psychologists. There's a whole industry surrounding athletes and getting them to visualize. And if you listen to any interview with any athlete, they will tell you that they visualize their success before they actually earn their success. And why we don't discuss that more in education, I don't know. But I am a big believer in you taking a look at, at your academic your academic outlook and visualizing it in a positive way. See yourself with the grade that you want. See yourself being successful taking that test. Because what it does is it just seeds your brain with all of the tools that you need for success. And you have to prepare, of course. Uh, but I think that when you go through that process of, of seeing those those positive, you know, those positive outcomes, your actions will then follow. And all that positive, you know, talk and visualization and all those things, it won't help if you don't do the work. Okay, so you do have to do the work, you can't, you know, not study, not prepare, not read your textbook, not do all those things, and then be like, Oh, yeah, I'm just going to think positively about the outcome of this test, you have to do the work. But when you do the work, and you think positively, the outcome will be there. Make sure that you're exercising. Uh, This absolutely helps with stress reduction. We know this already. It oxygenates your brain. It gets all that good, uh, you know, gets that good oxygen into your brain to help with concentration. Of course, your deep breathing exercises. But get outside too if you can. You know, we've been so cooped up inside of our houses recently. Just the thought of of getting outside and, and, you know, being outside in nature. There are some really great books out there, some books that I've read that talk about the importance of nature and what it does and how it, you know, helps with our stress hormone levels. It reduces them. But if you can get outside in nature and even like running water in particular is really good for that. But I always suggest to students that if you're stressed, hop onto Spotify and go find like some nature sounds or some water sounds playlists that will have um, not as good of an effect, uh, obviously, as being at the beach or something along those lines. But it does tend to help with the reduction of those stress hormones. Watch some funny videos, you know, watch some baby videos or animal videos, something sweet, nothing, no, no, got a pallbearer videos, nothing too horrific, but something a little bit sweet sweeter uh, and maybe funny and that will help you to relax as well and then of course before your big test you've got to get a good night's sleep no amount of cramming will help you Uh, if you have prepared you need to rest well the night before Uh, and if you're still a little stressed the night before if you've tried you know exercising and breathing and all those other things deep breathing exercises then go find a really boring book (laughs) And, and read that, you know, turn off your, uh, stay off your phones. Of course, you guys know that blue light is terrible for you. It messes with your circadian rhythms. And there's just probably stupid stuff online anyway, that's not going to help you relax at all. But try and find just a boring book, (laughs) maybe your textbook. (laughs) And that will help you to settle down as well. I will tell you, however, in all seriousness, that if you find that you are, uh, your thoughts are becoming obsessive, Um, or that you are beginning to uh, not be able to function because of the stress that you have 
with regards to um, your tests that you're taking, then that's when you need to go reach out to an adult that you trust uh, and realize that there are all kinds of ways to help you through those emotions that you're feeling uh, and that it's actually really important that you get that addressed because your quality of life will be so much better once you have the tools to be able to deal with that level of stress. There's a big difference between the normal stress that people feel uh, around tests and true test anxiety. And I will tell you, as long as I've been teaching, I've only seen one time where I have um, in the classroom seen a true example of test anxiety. It was basically a test-driven panic attack. And that looks very different than uh, the normal test stress that you tend to see in most students. So to recap... Test stress is common, okay? You are one of millions of people that experience testing stress. And techniques like visualization and those deep breathing exercises I was talking about, uh, that really helps to get your thoughts headed in a productive direction instead of a destructive direction. Remember to exercise and, and move your body, uh, whether it's you know walking or weights or yoga or whatever, swimming, whatever it is that works for you, find something and continue to practice that. Prepare, uh, make sure that you employ good study techniques and you prepare well in advance for your test and realize that nothing in life is permanent, even this test, and that, that the uh, stress surrounding this test, it, this too shall pass. And finally, realize that you are so much more than just that test number. You are a loving son or daughter, and you are loved by so many people around you. And honestly, that's the most important aspect of your life. All of this other stuff, your tests and everything else, that's just gravy. All right, well, I'm looking at the clock. That's all the time that we have for today. I hope this episode helped you in some small way understand and begin to manage testing stress. Remember, you can't get rid of it completely. Uh, the next few episodes, we're going to run the gamut from meat production to global development to levels of economic activity. And we'll also discuss how the impact of a virus from Wuhan, China will change everything about global economics as we know it. Please subscribe to support this podcast and get all the latest updates as they happen. And feel free to email me at bitesizehumangeo at gmail.com with any questions that you'd like answered. This is your show as much as mine.